1: What's going on, everybody? Brand new Load Management Podcast, episode 19, I think. Second episode while quarantined. That rhymed. Uh, I'm Shops here in my New York City apartment. Adam's out in Los Angeles, uh, social distancing from people. But, I mean, Adam, didn't you social distance like before this all became a thing?
2: As I put on Instagram over the weekend, I've been social distancing for the past three years since I arrived in Los Angeles. So this self-isolation quarantine bullshit ain't no thing.
1: It's just nothing to you. You're just living your regular life. Pretty uh, we much. Also, we also have Zion, who's in a bunker and a queen somewhere. I don't know. Uh, Hunker else Queens. Yeah, wherever, wherever, you, wherever you live. I'm, I'm
0: not. I'm not giving my location to the people. So you know.
1: all right. So undisclosed bunker uh, is where Zion is right now. Uh, we have a fun podcast today. Tim Anderson joins us a little bit later for a, a fun interview that we recorded. I think the day that baseball got suspended indefinitely so definitely some interesting conversations with him talk about how field of dreams is trash and you know a whole bunch of other stuff which is cool uh before we get into that you know we want to go over some other topics some other talking points before that though adam true or false you do not own a netflix account that is true you're a sociopath zion do you own a netflix account i do okay
0: Oh, wait, before we get into that, I I think you mentioned baseball. I just have to let the viewers know that I smoked chops seven to nothing in three innings, and it might be the show this weekend. That's what I did this weekend.
1: That did happen. Indians versus Yankees. Shane Bieber got got batted around by the Yankees lineup. It was very (laughs) bad.
2: Hey, guys. Nobody cares.
1: All right. Back to the Netflix question, because obviously a lot of people are streaming stuff right now. I hope you're streaming this podcast weekly. Tiger King on Netflix is the craziest thing I've ever fucking seen. If you have Netflix, which I guarantee all of you do except for Adam, go watch Tiger King immediately because it will make your quarantine go so smooth because you will be enamored in it. Seven episodes, easy to get through. Tiger King on Netflix. Adam, you should get Netflix just to watch Tiger King. Wait, wait. This
2: is that nonsense you were live tweeting yesterday on yes. Sunday. I say.
1: Bro, it's about this, these, these dudes who – had a big cat farm in Oklahoma, and there's big cat farms all over the United States, and it's fucking nuts. There's this chick that probably fed her husband to tigers. I'm telling you, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Do the do
2: the cats attack the individuals?
1: You see some tiger attacks because because they're tigers. You can't like they're tigers. Well,
2: that's what I, that's the only thing I would tune in for is to see the humans get attacked.
1: Yeah, you see that, and then there's a so, there's another plot where the lady's nemesis because there's rivalries in the big cat game. Apparently that's what you learn. And the main character is named Joe exotic. He's a self-described gay redneck who marries two men during the show runs for this uh, runs for uh, the governor of Oklahoma and then has this feud with this lady that turns very deadly and ugly. Uh, I'm not going to give away too much. It is the wildest fucking thing I've ever seen. I highly recommend it.
2: This sounds like a bravo reality TV show on steroids.
1: It, I don't I've never, he makes country music as well. like half the half the half the scenes are like him uh, doing country music videos. It's so weird.
2: But would you be into the show if you weren't in self-isolation slash quarantine?
1: hundred percent. I probably went to watch it as soon as I did because I had nothing to do, but when I would have watched it, I would have been all in. Like it's not just a quarantine thing, but it helps pass the quarantine very seamlessly. I highly recommend Tiger King. Everybody's talking about it. Joe Exotic, craziest motherfucker alive. I tried to look for his albums on, on iTunes and Apple Music. Not there. You can't buy them anywhere. So that was gotta a disappointment.
2: Deeper, you got to dig deeper than that.
1: Yeah. So I think you need – I'll give you my Netflix like login if you want to. No, I, so I,
2: I did pick up one new show. I am getting into billions right now. So I know they have the new, the uh, what, the fifth season's coming up in May. So I want to be done with it by the time the new season rolls around, which we probably should because we're going to have a million goddamn hours on our hand between now and then. But, yeah, I just started uh, just started Billion season one, and uh, I am definitely into it.
1: Yeah, that seems like a you show. Zion, do you even watch TV? Zion just watches, like, Kyrie highlights on, on mm-hmm. loop. This guy,
0: This guy. Happy birthday, Kyrie, number one. Well, this comes out tomorrow, so never yeah, mind. But, um, Get your I've been watching All American on Netflix. The season two just came out, you know. That's That's also
1: another good one, another good Netflix show. All-American, yeah. Uh, Zion, I would recommend Joe Exotic and The Tiger King. All right. right. I don't know if you like Tiger (laughs) King. I will
0: will not be watching nothing with a basketball or football or, you know. Oh, my God. It's got to be sports-related, bro.
1: And you said I'm the football guy. All right, let's 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 get into some sports, what we can get into. Obviously, we're talking about Tiger King on a sports podcast because there's no fucking sports to talk about. Uh, well, that's I what try- happens when the end of
2: times has arrived.
1: Yeah, I, I placed like five future bets over the weekend, one on the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Let's go. So let's see that. You know, Adam, you know what a good one I took? Justin Herbert, second quarterback to be drafted. I don't want to get too much into it, but. But what were the odds? Uh, plus 325, some good value.
2: I'd want higher value than that, though, because what indication have you gotten from anyone anywhere that anyone's going to make a move to go to leapfrog the Dolphins to pick Herbert ahead of Tua right now? There's some rumors that the
1: Dolphins like Herbert over Tua Uh. because they can't check out Tua's hip because no one can make visits.
2: I'm just saying. Yeah, but he's been medically cleared and the Dolphins have been on Tua for like a year and a half. I mean, again, it's it's far-fetched. It's far-fetched, so I would just want if I was taking that bet – I would want higher odds than plus 325. Like uh, you got to give me like seven or eight to one at that point.
1: Yeah. The NFL draft, if you guys didn't know, because everything is fucking gone to shit is one month away. So we still have no idea how they're going to do it. I hope they go like full fantasy football. No,
2: no. They said, they like, said they're going to do a studio show.
1: Okay. That's cool. But, but here's what I want. I want full fantasy football where we get like live looks into the war room more than ever before, because you have to, you have to entice the people somehow you have to give them something extra. I think.
2: Well, yeah, you have to have the most tricked out, you know, uh, Sunday, you know, preview studio show possible, I guess, depending on, you know, what the situation is with self-isolation and quarantine at the end of April. But the NFL pretty much announced that they're going to just do a, you know, whatever their version of the draft is from their studios in either L.A. or I guess in uh, Connecticut. Um, and that's how it's going to roll. So it's, it's going to be watered down Ain't going to be as fun as it would have been in Vegas. That's for fucking sure.
1: You know what? You know what I think they should do? Mic up each war room. So you can hear them, but don't let them know like don't mic up the other side of their phone calls Do not give anything away. So you can hear dudes taking trade phone calls, but you don't know who they're talking to. so you still have the mystery and teams can't cheat or anything. They should you
2: want them to XFL the NFL draft.
1: Why not? You have to. Make a good I'm
2: I'm with you at this point. I mean, you got to just try random stuff. But the thing is, NFL teams, you know how anal and ridiculous they are. They'd never allow this.
1: They'd never allow that. But I think the the one-sided phone call might be cool. I don't know. Yeah, as we said last week, we're going to be doing more evergreen topics because what else do we have to talk about? So this week, a fun one. Most painful, fun, what-ifs in sports history. Obviously, sports are all about, you know – Stuff that happens and doesn't happen. You get so close and then fans wonder forever what could have been type thing. And this could be injuries, trades, outcomes of games, everything. But every fan, Adam, I feel like has that like those few moments that really stick out where you're like, damn, if only this one thing went the other way, like so much could have happened differently as my sports fandom. Um, so I want to get into that. Uh, tweet us, obviously. Uh, Your biggest what-ifs, we'll get into those in a little bit. But, Adam, what is your most painful sports-related what-if situation ever?
2: Uh, I always revert back to uh, Game 7 of the 2001 World Series between the Yankees and Diamondbacks. And I understand the scenario why Joe Torre had to bring in the infield But at the same time, if Jeter is only playing halfway, or if he's shading a little bit differently and he catches that little, you know, little flare that Luis Gonzalez hit, that would have been out 99% of the uh, times um, out of 100. How different would the Yankees be viewed now historically with that dynasty? How different would the moves have been going forward when Steinbrenner just you know, started being an asshole and signing Jason Giambi and Gary Sheffield and all these guys that Yankee fans really hated and kind of re- totally went away from what made them the Yankees dynasty that Yankee fans adored in the late 90s and early 2000s. So to me, the greatest what if personally is what if the infield wasn't in for Luis Gonzalez in Game 7 of the 2001 World Series.
1: Okay, so my question here is: Do Yankees fans hold that series against the Yankees? Like, because you don't really see a lot of people talk about it as like, damn, we could, like, we could have won that series a lot.
2: Well, I mean, you could have won that series, yeah, a million percent. Um, I wouldn't say Yankees fans hold it against them because it was the end of a great run. It's like, how much more can you truly ask for them? But that was a very winnable series, and that was a very winnable game. And when you have your best player, Mariano Rivera, on the mound, the greatest closer of all time, like expecting to close stuff out. Yeah, he kind of, you know, there was that, there was the Tony Womack hit, and then there was Luis Gonzalez flair. So, like, it was just kind of bad luck and bad situation. But I wouldn't say they hold it against them, but it's definitely a what if, and uh, should have because, again, when you have the greatest closer of all time on the mound to close out game seven with a, with a one-run lead, like, you need to make it happen. So, uh, yeah, it's a series they should have won. And uh, it doesn't degrade from the Yankees dynasty. But, again, it would add to the aura and to the history and to the overall just amazingness. And again, It would have been interesting to see how the the franchise would have transitioned going forward because I don't think Steinbrenner would have made all the idiotic moves he made that kind of fucked him over for like a good three or four years after that.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. Another fun New York fandom one is Reggie Miller. You know, in 96, he almost signed with the Knicks.
2: He was a free agent and there were some rumors here and there. But yeah, the idea of him signing to the Knicks, um, I think with all, again, this the stupid rivalries with obviously Spike and all the incredible playoff games, like that would have been so, so blatantly ridiculous and just like in, and traitorous is not a word, but what's, whatever, whatever verbiage of traitor would have been like, that would have been the biggest heel move of all time if Reggie did that.
1: Yeah, it would have been fucking amazing. Zion, what about you in your short? Uh, sports memory that you have because you're like 21 <laughs> years old.
0: Well, well, let me tell you first. That, let, let me tell you first that Adams was very weak. That was very
1: weak. Um, yeah, it was pretty but, weak. That is pretty weak, buddy. You, I'm gonna like, really like, like, game <laughs> seven of the 2001 World Series that, is weak. That's very but weak, like the yeah. in, the infield in like that's not that's like. Bro, yeah, it's like you and got to like, more correct.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's like we weren't. You asked that, for we're personal tales. I just gave you one. Bro, they won like four World Series before. The, bro, N- never mind. No one cares about yours. <laughs> um, but for me personally, I'm not saying this is big in sports, but this is my personal view. If Kyrie never got hurt at Duke, and I was talking to Nolan Smith and Quinn Cook the other day, if 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 he said he said personally, if Kyrie never got hurt at Duke, that team goes undefeated, and that would have been probably the greatest college basketball team or one of the greatest college basketball teams we have ever seen. But from an overall standpoint, my biggest one is if OKC closes out that series against the Warriors, that changes the whole landscape of the NBA.
1: Well, you're Okay, Okay. let's let's dissect this part piece by piece. That Duke team, what 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 happened that year? Refresh all of our memories on what that Duke team did after Kyrie got hurt.
0: Well, I mean they were still very good. They they won the ACC tournament. They lost in the sweet 16 to Derrick Williams, the number 2 pick of the draft. Yeah, um, Derrick Williams. And Kyrie came back in the tournament, but it was just like they didn't have the chemistry already, so like but the first 8 games they had with Kyrie, like they were undoubtedly they were about to possibly go undefeated.
1: Undefeated, such a—I don't know about that one. Undefeated bro, in college basketball is you know, such a—you yeah,
2: know game. why? You know why this what this hypothetical gets a hand wave from me? Because the Duke bias is just it's just it's just <laughs> overwhelming right now, bro, It's just ridiculous. Bro,
0: I'm I'm being honest with you. This team might have gone undefeated. Like they were better than Kentucky's team, like uh, in terms of like star power up front. Because you're mixing senior All Americans with the best player in the country.
2: Well, real long for really everyone who is on that roster.
0: Well, Kyrie Irving, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith, if you're if you're a basketball head, he was an all-American first round pick. Okay. Uh Kyle Stingler was a strictly all American <laughs> college player. Um, the, bro, don't do that. Don't do that, Chops. I
1: just did it. I just did it. Don't
0: don't do that. But that, that's, that's showing your basketball knowledge. All right. you got Curry, Seth Curry, the Plumleys, NBA players, NBA bigs, Ryan Kelly, NBA big.
1: Um, All right, enough Andre of this. Dawkins that team wasn't going.
0: Undefeated. Is, I don't expect y'all to know him. Y'all don't watch him. Now. Tell, t-
1: tell Quinn Cook stay, tell we're going
0: undefeated.
1: that that team was not going undefeated. Let's go to your second one because this has a personal tie to me. If that OKC team won that series, they're still losing in the finals. And actually, Kyrie and LeBron, they probably beat him in five. And we and we get we would have got robbed of the greatest comeback in in sports history. So
2: All right, that is that is bold right there. How you're saying that the Cavs win in five games over the OKC Thunder? Yes. Why?
1: Because that Cavs team was stacked, and they beat the 73 win Warriors.
0: After falling into a three one hole with some help.
1: Yeah, they fell into a three one hole. They realized, you know what? It's time to you know get our shit together. They got their shit together. Greatest comeback in NBA history. You guys can't dis- disagree with that. Uh, of course, one of the best title teams in NBA history. They yeah. they easily would have mopped the, that Thunder team.
0: Mopped. I don't know about mopped. Not mopped. They won one,
1: one and six, six at minimum. Because one thing they would have had home court advantage. I believe. Would they? Oh, um... actually, I don't know about that one.
0: Let's check real quick.
1: It, it, it Was NBA just by record then?
0: Yeah, it was just by record.
2: We really should flame Zion for that Duke take because you comparing it to the Kentucky team that went undefeated until they lost to Wisconsin did they and win? won the Final Four. Did they
0: win? Who won that year? No, did Duke
2: win that year? No. But they c- did c-
0: c- Duke won that year.
2: Duke won hey, in 2015. Uh, whatever, I don't get, gi- I don't give a shit. Clearly, because it's it's Duke basketball, uh-huh. and your bias is ridiculous. But the, but the roster for Kentucky, the team that you just shaded earlier, um, they had a pretty damn good roster with Willie cully Stein's, Carl Anthony Towns, the Harrison Twins, and they had Devin Booker and Tyler Eulis coming off the bench. Did they have Kyrie Irving? That's a better NBA team than the Duke team.
0: Zion uh, uh, NBA the, team NBA different Zion. from college. College, college is what.
1: The Cavs had a better record during the regular season than the Thunder. Cavs would have had home court advantage. They win that. They win the first two games. They probably drop game three. Mm. They win game four, and then they close it out at home in game five. The
2: I would say that. Sweet, no, giving them a five. I think five games is, is way too aggressive. I think you could have at least given the Thunder two games in that series. Come on.
0: Yeah, I think the Thunder win uh, at least two games at home because OKC is hard to win in OKC.
1: So why do you like that it's a what if? Because KD you don't think KD would have left for the Warriors if they made the finals. That's that's yes. the more of the what if than the Thunder winning the series. The more yeah. the what if is KD doesn't go to the Warriors and then and then you know none of that happens. That's more the what of if. Of course. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because if he, if he wins if he gets to the finals he's not going to He's not going to join the Warriors. Do we I, know I that, for I don't sure? Yeah, but I don't, no, I don't I agree he, with that because it's, he no,
2: seemed hell-bent on getting out of OKC.
0: No, but yeah. that's the thing. But but he – I mean, he said it himself that he think he, he thinks he was going to the Warriors anyway. That's cap. It's not true at all because yeah, – I don't know
2: if
1: you can believe that. <laughs> oh, my <I> God. You got <laughs> sources, pal?
0: Draymond <laughs> doesn't call – doesn't call him on the phone crying after they lose. Uh, Ooh, literally crying. Let's,
1: let's point out that that happened. That actually happened. Yeah.
0: He was in the car crying. Begging Kevin Durant to come to the to uh, the Golden State. I mean, Kevin Durant could have gone somewhere else. I'm not saying maybe uh, he stays there, but if he wins that series and gets to the finals, that changes the whole l- landscape. And LeBron probably benefits from it because
1: LeBron wins probably, two more titles at least. LeBron yeah, wins two, at least more titles. two more titles. That 2017 Cavs yeah. team was better than the year before. That team would have won a title if KD went to join the Warriors easily, easily.
0: And and that's like uh, what it would give him four, four or five rings, and now we're right now we're probably talking about him being the goat because he's probably still going to L.A. He probably here's, had five, five or six.
1: Here's my thing: Would KD have gone to the Celtics? Because there was a lot of talk that the Celtics appealed to KD. I wonder if he would have went to the Celtics
2: instead. I don't, I don't remember that. Where were those rumors? Were
1: there was always
0: rumors. There was always rumors like where, where he would go. I mean, I don't remember the Celtics as a. I don't, yeah, I just don't remember uh, the Celtics. Uh, I think coming could, up. I think he's, he's, he said he was impressed by the Celtics or something. But, like, I don't think uh...
1: – But also, here's the thing. The Warriors losing in the Western Conference Finals, they, could, they maybe got – who knows what they would have done because they were super aggressive and already going after Durant. But, like, who knows what their second – say they didn't get Durant, I'm sure they still would have got rid of Barnes and tried to do something. So who knows what that – move was you know yeah,
2: they had they had a very that, specific window what's... of a couple of years where they could fool around with the salary cap and bring in one more superstar so they probably yeah. would have found somebody else to, to capitalize in that crazy situation where you had all the homegrown talent on those awesome you know deals that were paying yeah. them nothing so they definitely would have gotten somebody else but obviously katie was the cherry on top and just made them ridiculous for a couple seasons
0: yeah but 100%. i don't know i don't know uh, i think what kind of because OKC, if they win that series and let's say they close it out and they win 4-1 against the Warriors, how do they lose so easily to the Cavs after being a, beating a 73-9? and I don't know. I think we're actually kind of underestimating how good that OKC team was.
1: Uh, it's, de- it's one of those what-if things because all we remember is them blowing it against the Warriors and then them never really reaching their potential as a team.
2: But that's, remember, who's evaluating this? The Cavs, Stan. So,
1: you guys don't think the Cavs would have still won that series?
2: I'm not saying they wouldn't won the series, but you—the idea that they would just wax them five, you know, three games, I'm sorry, four games to one, and just dismiss them like that—I think is a little bit aggressive. Yeah, that's, and, that's, and, that's and, wild. And, that's wild. And, yeah, it's just wild. Like, I mean, the mm-hmm. OKC was a really, really good team with two superstars on there. Like,
1: yeah, Cavs that Cavs team matched up. Like, Kevin Love would have been more more useful in that series against the Thunder. yeah. Yeah, we're not. Are you sure? Yeah, sure. Well, I think
0: because- uh, okay, let's
1: let, let, let me get to mine, buddy, because yours was Go yours ahead. was good, but but yours yours leaves a lot of interpretation because it's basically what would KD have done, and nobody really knows because I mean, KD said some stuff, but he's such a, a like a unpredictable person. You just don't know what he would have done if they would have actually made the finals. You know, yeah. I still find it hard to believe that he would stay in OKC actually after that. Um, But maybe. Mine, I mean, I have so many because, like, Cleveland sports has let me down so much. But I think the one that I always go back to is Love and Kyrie getting hurt in the 2015 playoffs. I think the Cavs, I think they probably are – they win that series. They win the finals if Kyrie doesn't get hurt, I think. Shump Shump said the same thing to us. Shump said the same thing. So –
2: I'll put it this way: it would have been a it would have been a very very close finals. Um, I kind it of do so this. That. That, that was so like, Yeah, true. All right, too. a good point. But I'm saying that it would have been like you know down to the final possession just about every single game, and I think the Cavs could have easily won that series with a fully healthy roster. So I would definitely give you that. That's a good. That's a good hypothetical. What if? And then
1: another one that really hurts is if Jr. Smith would have remembered the
2: score in 2018. What then? You would have won one game. That's it. Yeah, well, that, that, that's the game.
1: thing about that <laughs> one. <yeah>. We weren't <laughs> winning that series. We weren't winning that series, but that was one of Le- LeBron's best playoff games ever. And for it to get wasted in a loss is just like criminal. So I wish LeBron. And then he like broke his hand afterwards, like because he well, punched. He pun- the yeah, he
2: punched the wall. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like a lot. So Jr. I mean, I love you, Jr. So much. You're a champion forever. But that that was a tough one. That Bro, that's that's
0: weak. One. That that's like. That's kind of like Iverson's Iverson's uh, two thousand one game. Ooh, that's
1: life. why I have the two thousand fifteen because the Cavs would have won the title that year if Love oh. if Kelly Olynyk went to rip Love's shoulder out and if Kyrie's knee went to
2: exploded. Uh, that, that's worthy. That's worthy. Yeah, the injury situation yeah. of the Cavs that year was uh, was yeah. horrible.
1: Yeah, James, James Jones was starting at the four. <laughs> Matthew Dellavedova was, was getting thirty minutes. Deli had to go to the hospital because he put it all on the line. So much grit. All right. Speaking of injuries, though, I think this is one whenever we talk about what ifs, one that always comes up is injuries. What's the Mount Rushmore of sports what if injuries? Derrick Rose, Grant Hill, right?
2: Two. I have another kind of in the weeds one here. It doesn't, because it doesn't involve someone's injury directly. It's like the injury allowed that person to be elevated. How many
1: people are on Mount Rushmore? How many, pre- four, five? Four, yes. Four.
2: Okay. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I think what's your in the weeds one? Cause this is injuries. You can't just
2: put someone successful on the Mount mark. I know. Well, the, the, in the, well, not even in the weeds one, but going back to 2001 again, um, what if Mo Lewis hadn't basically killed Drew Bledsoe on the sidelines?
1: Oh, uh, the Brady. The Br- know, that's but- when
2: Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe. Yes, that's
1: more so of a if,
2: what if than an injury what if, though. But he, I, the injury came to drew, occurred to Drew Bledsoe, and then that elevated Tom Brady, and Tom Brady took over from there. But if, but if Mo Lewis literally does not like, he almost killed Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe had internal bleeding in the in the fucking ambulance going to the hospital after that hit. Like he nearly died in the hospital. It's a man's game. It's, a, it's football. It's, <laughs> Mo Lewis destroyed Drew Bledsoe, oh, yeah, but yeah. if he doesn't hit him on the sidelines like that, and Drew Bledsoe keeps playing, does Tom Brady ever take over? Does he get the chance to impress Belichick and you know X, y, and Z? So to me, that's a great hypothetical that kind of doesn't quite fit into your scenario right now, but that's like one of the craziest ones I think, at least to this century.
1: Yeah, that's a good. That's a good what if. But let's do the Mount Rushmore of. Guys who could have been all time greats if they wouldn't have got hurt. I think. Yes. I think it's. I think Grant Hill and Derrick Rose are on there, shoeing Hall of Famers to this. Right.
2: I mean, yeah, Grant I mean, Hill is a Hall of Famer fam- it's already, but.
1: But I think he was on the trajectory to be so much better. He
2: was on, Yes, you're right. I'll give you that. He was. He was projected in showing th- to be a. You know.
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna say like Derrick. Obviously, Derrick Rose, uh, Grant Hill you got to put it's you got to put Brandon Roy in that conversation, Penny Hardaway, all those guys if they were healthy throughout their is careers, Brandon, they would have My been thing about go.
1: Brandon Roy is he was very good, but is he the is the ceiling the same if he stay you know like I don't know, like we're talking Grant Hill, Derrick Rose, but those guys achieved it already.
0: I, those guys achieved like Success, major success already. Obviously, Brandon Roy didn't reach that to that degree, but Brandon Roy was going to—he was going to be a top three uh, guard in the league if he uh, continued, if he was healthy throughout his. career. People forget how nice Brandon Roy was. Like it just wasn't fair because he's—he got it. Basically, the headline I'm reading like a, a career that never got started. Derrick Rose yeah. got started. Grant Hill got started.
1: I think that's why they're on the Mount Rushmore is because we saw how good they could have been with Brandon Roy. It was always like, damn, the injuries are derail- derailing how good we think he can be. If that makes sense, I think from a football standpoint, to put one football guy on there, Bo Jackson, hundred percent. I think if he doesn't get a good one now, yeah. if he doesn't fuck up his uh, what well, uh, what his hip, he that's maybe one of the best. NFL players of all time I think right
2: yeah Bo has to be up there I mean he was I mean shit he was a two sports star he was <laughs> he was an all-star in baseball and he was the greatest video game football player of all time so yeah a million percent Bo Jackson should be up there I think Penny the Hardaway deserves to be up there because Penny could have been a top five all-time point guard easily what we saw out of him so Penny being injured um, with the knee just never being right Another guy put up there that probably doesn't deserve to be on Mount Rushmore, but I would have loved to have seen if he could have stayed healthy, truly healthy, what he would have done, and that's Amari. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Amari's a good
1: Amari, one. Yeah. Amari's he, he a good a one lot, because though. he, he – Amari did a lot, but his knee – he had the worst knee surgery at the worst time because it was the microfracture, and they didn't know how to like really get guys to come back from it at the time. Brandon Roy, the same thing, right?
2: Well, yeah, same um, thing with T-Mac, and I think Penny also yeah. had microfractor surgery. So, I mean, they, they were trying to figure it out on the fly, and they didn't perfect it and didn't have it down to uh, exact science the way they kind of do now. At least it's a little bit easier to come back from that. But, yeah, I mean, think about how ridiculous Amare was with the Suns before the knee really started giving him issues. Like, he was ridiculously athletic, and the pick-and-roll with him and Nash was basically, like, unguardable, and how just the dunks and how dynamic he became on offense. Like, I think to see Amari have a – truly healthy career for another five six seven eight seasons after that like he could have put up some stupid numbers
1: also friend of the pod jay williams i think we got to put on here obviously we didn't get to see much of him at all in the nba but i think if he doesn't get hurt he he could have been a very good nba point guard
2: i mean number two draft pick and yeah number two draft pick so a million percent i think jay williams should be up there as a as an excellent what if
1: duke legend all right. All right. Duke legend. Yeah. Ken Griffey jr. Is he going baseball a little bit because injuries did derail Griffey's career.
2: They did, but they did not. not. I mean, he was injured a little bit in Seattle. He had some issues here and there just because he played balls to the wall, uh, you know, all the time in, in his early twenties, but he didn't really start to break down until he got to Cincinnati. But at yeah. that point he was in his like, you know. I think early thirties and you kind of, you know, yeah. when you've been playing baseball year in and year out the way he did since, you know, teenage years or whatever, you're going to break down a little bit, but he, Griffey still hit almost, did he hit over 600 home runs? I forget the exact number, but like Griffey, I mean, he still had a phenomenal career. He is legendary for anyone that grew up in the nineties and a little bit after that. Um, and he's undoubtedly one of the top 10 center fielders of all time. So um, I, I, I wouldn't quite put Griffey up there, but yeah, I mean he did. The production definitely did dive down a little bit when he started to get nicked up and injured in his thirties.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I think, I think when we when you do this, I think Derrick Rose, Grant Hill are two locks. Bo Jackson, I would say, is up there as well. Gets a little murkier with with the fourth one. I think you could argue a lot of different kind of guys.
2: There's a million guys you could argue, but Derrick Rose is great because um, he's probably going to be, unless we have some crazy, you know, final five years of his career as a as a super sub. But he's going to be the only NBA MVP in the history of the league not to make the Hall of Fame.
1: I think he's going to make the Hall of Fame.
2: He doesn't have to. I mean, if he's if he's going to average fifteen off the bench for the next five six years, maybe they'll maybe he can sneak <laughs> in. But I mean, right now, his overall resume and his credentials, he's not Hall of Fame worthy.
1: Zion, what do you think?
0: It's hard. It's tough because the Hall of Fame is so easy to get into for basketball. Like Kyle Lowry is going to be easier. a Hall of Famer. Like Kyle Lowry is pretty much a lock right now to make the Hall of Fame. But it's it's going to be very hard to leave him out just because he did a lot for the game too in terms of like inspiration. Like people love Derrick Rose. Like
2: yeah. Derrick
0: Rose is like Chicago's baby. Like mm-hmm. they will forever like put him on the pedestal of like the guy who like shook the Obviously MJ was great. But the fact that Derrick Rose was their own, like they put him on a pedestal above most. But I don't know, man. It's tough because the. Go ahead.
1: I know. I was just about to say. Usually, with the Basketball Hall of Fame, they count college with your professional career. It's just basketball, so that's Mm -hmm. how some guys have better resumes because maybe they didn't live up to the total hype in the NBA, but they were so good in college. A Christian Laettner type who is Christian Laettner basketball Hall of Famer? He probably is, right?
2: Oh yeah, sure. uh, I'd have to go and double check, but yeah, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame has very weird credentials and criteria that they that they weigh, and obviously they have a ton of international guys. And your NBA career, I mean, again, Grant Hill's the perfect example. Like Grant Hill had a nice NBA career, but it didn't amount to what it should have because of the injuries, and he's still in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, he had a great run at Duke, but his overall body of work is like you know a lot, a lot to be desired. But he's still in there. And there's other guys, too, I think, that don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But the NBA and basketball and the Naismith Hall of Fame do things differently than, you know, football and, and baseball.
1: Definitely. Um, let's move on to this next part of this because I think we exhausted the injuries. This is a fun one. Sports trades or free agency signings that almost happened Mount Rushmore. Let me. You guys want me to read you guys some? Because we did, I a, have we did two at the
2: top of my head that I could reel off. That would definitely be on the Mount Rushmore.
1: Go, you let him air.
2: A Rod to the Red Sox in 2004 when that trade got nixed by the Players Association because of all the money he he said he wanted to give up. That definitely has to be up there. Because imagine A Rod and you know being in the opposite side of the Yankees Red Sox rivalry for like next decade. And also be, having to be traded for Nomar, one of the top shortstops in the game at that point, that has to be up there. And the other one, a million percent has to be Kobe going to the, to the Clippers. Because imagine that move of him just turning his back in the Lakers and going to play with LA's shittier team and potentially going to play the Anaheim of the ramifications. So I think those two easily have to be in the Mount Rushmore of the hypotheticals for free agencies and trades.
1: Those two are good. You know it's another good one, the vetoed Chris Paul trade to the Lakers.
0: Yeah, that's what I, yep. I, I thought he was going to say.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I thought you were going to say that too. I think the Chris Paul one's bigger than the Kobe Clippers one for sure.
2: Yeah, no, come on. Kobe yes. going the Clippers from being on the Lakers though? No, that that would have been like that would have been like seismic. That would have been an earthquake basically of, of movement.
1: Yes, no. but also the thing about the Chris Paul thing is the Chris Paul thing would would have automatically like turned the Lakers in I mean, obviously they still went on and Kobe won two more titles, but The way that the Chris Paul thing happened with it being vetoed like it did, like after agreed upon that, is just, I think, like Lakers fans are, the Lakers are the best team in the NBA this year, or second best to the Bucs or whatever. Lakers fans still talk about the Chris Paul trade. You never really hear about the Kobe Clippers thing. You always hear about the Chris Paul thing. Always.
2: Do they still bitch and moan about it?
1: Yes. Yes. Lakers fans still, still, you still see tweets. 100%. 100%. When we put this out, I guarantee the majority of basketball tweets are about the Chris Paul train. I'm
2: I think if you get a poll of who are the most annoying NBA fans, I think it'd have to be Lakers fans. Mm. <laughs> You should Next, see the the people yeah, I, mean, I see around Staples Center. I mean, again, the ones go to the games a little bit different than the than the casual fans. But these Lakers fans, they just don't give up on stupid little shit here and there, and just talk about all the time about how they're the you know this this great fan base of destiny and all this other shit. Like I mean, they they bitch and moan about everything. You guys have won sixteen goddamn championships or whatever the fucking number is. Well, you, you guys, guys know you're just a little.
1: Oh, we can. We, this can be an evergreen topic for another time, but uh, coming from a Yankees fan is very fucking rich. Yeah, so. Oh, no, listen. No, Yankees
2: mean. fans are incredibly annoying. I'll give you that. Yeah, they're incredibly so fucking, fucking annoying. Chill. So so I, I I get that. But I try to be a little more cynical and realistic than some other Yankees fans.
1: Let me run through some more of these yeah. trades or free agents. A, a big NFL one, which I saw the other day, they were talking about because it's the anniversary. Drew Brees signing with the Saints instead of the Dolphins. Yeah, that was big. That was a big one because obviously it's set – the Saints on their trajectory and it really mattered because Nick Saban said if he got Drew Brees to the Dolphins he thinks he would still be coaching the Dolphins so he went to gone to Bama Bama may have not become what it what it did so there was a lot of offshoot there and you know you know who Sean Payton wanted to sign instead of Brees right before Brees became available remind me Tony Romo cuz Payton came oh, from the Cowboys that's right yep Romo wasn't the starter yet. He wanted to trade for him and have him start for New Orleans. Parcells said, no, he's going to be the guy. So that's yeah, a good,
2: good domino butterfly flick right there.
1: Yeah. So that one's a good one. Um, you mentioned a rod's a really good one. Um, Tim Duncan almost signed with the magic Remember back in 2000. That's a good one.
2: A hundred percent. Yep. There was the room. I didn't, I didn't he go on visit to Orlando to like, he was on e- like the, he was like yeah. on the
1: plane or whatever. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think of some more.
2: I would say the other ones that kind of come to well, again, it's like how esoteric do you want to get? Because if you go back into like I can I can tell you all the fucked up draft picks the Jets have made over the years of the guys that, that were that were Hall of Fame worthy that they that they should have drafted and instead they chose the scrub who worked out, you know, turned out to be absolutely nothing. Yeah, Vernon Goldstow, Blair Thomas. On. I mean, I can rip off a million fucking names with the Jets. Oh god,
1: yeah. Going to the Jets and the Browns would be such a long list. Exactly.
2: Of it'd, be, it'd be a sewage hole that we would gonna kind of venture down into. So it's, it's yeah. not even bothered that I will just say quickly to put a bow tie on that: um, the Jets chose Ken O'Brien over Dan Marino in the nineteen eighty three NFL draft. I, a lot of
1: people chose people over Dan Marino, though. Dan Marino went like 30 He, was. he went, draft.
2: yeah. He was like the second to last pick in the draft of uh, the first round. The guy yeah. behind him was Daryl Green, also a Hall of Famer. But the Jets chose unwisely, as hey. has been their entire history.
1: That, I let's not be so mean to Ken O'Brien. Yes, he's no, no Dan O'Brien.
2: Marino. Yeah, Ken O'Brien did have a good career, but, I mean, it yeah. wasn't Dan Marino. And, Dan, I mean, Jesus Christ, Dan Marino's an all-time great. And Ken O'Brien, like, had an okay run with the Jets, but, like, he didn't play big and big games through a ton of interceptions. Um And it'll be a massive what-if in the history of the Jets organization.
1: Yeah, let's uh, – so, yeah, those are some good trades. I think Chris Paul is definitely up there, Kobe up there, A-Rod up there. I think the Drew Brees signing is probably up there just because of how impact it had. Yeah, um, it has to be. So, Some really good ones. Let's read some tweets real quick, and let's get into some, our last few topics and get out of here. Um, let's see here. Some people tweeted me. What do we got? What if LeBron played football? LeBron posted about that this weekend. He said he would have been a terror on the – because he was – you know, junior year football, LeBron was All-State, very good football player.
2: Yeah, he was, I mean, he's an athletic freak. Of course, He would have been great at any sport he picked, especially football where he could have used his body to just, you know, completely, I mean, Christ, imagine putting a a 190 pound, you know, six foot cornerback on LeBron out wide. Like, I mean, would have been over and done.
1: He could have played in the NFL for sure. He would have been the most
2: dominating tight end or wide receiver, yeah, that you would have seen ever. So yeah, a million percent.
1: So, a lot of Indians fans follow me. So, I'm basically just getting what if no rain delay happened in 2016. And I have to agree. Uh, yeah.
2: That's worthy. So, yeah. I mean, that definitely The
1: rain, delay, the rain delay probably cost the Indians a the world Series. That
2: Tour. changed momentum big time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, that's a good one. Uh, make sure you tweet us your biggest what ifs in sports history, either trades, injuries, uh, you know, personal moments. You know, we can't wait to read them. Uh, I think this is a fun thing to do, even though Adams was weak sauce. Uh, some sort you of- asked
2: for personal opinion. And a person,
1: Joe Joe Torrey having the infield in in two thousand one. Well, if
2: you're a Yankees fan, you know what you think yeah. back to that one. So that's yeah. uh, you know what. So you can fall no, back no. on that. Pal. Cap, cap. You yeah. were two right. years old when it happened, so no one wants to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Zion, legitimately, how old yeah. were you when that
2: happened? Six. Yeah, you in short pants. No six. one gives a shit about I your opinion th- on, the, on the Yankees dynasty of the nineties. Jesus,
1: uh, let's get into some quick loader unload quarantine edition uh let's keep these real short but let's get through them jamal murray quarantine mvp we all know what he did uh we all know what happened over the weekend uh should he be (laughs) should he (laughs) be doing better job at social distancing
2: uh i didn't see the story i you know why do you have a sex tape on your phone like shouldn't you have that on some other kind of apparatus that doesn't is that that what he said
1: i didn't even look up what he said i just assumed that it was he was like was going live or something i don't know what he was i don't talking. know if it was live
2: i don't know if it was live or whatever but he got hacked and oh yeah hacked i'm sure yeah that's what he claims that's what he claims he get hacked, allegedly, right? allegedly he got hacked but he can't get hacked just don't have he, sex tapes on your phone just have he was it and- to, he,
1: he was trying to be like d de- nice and get a live room going but he went a d- different way with the content
2: can't be doing that
1: yeah uh <laughs> But I mean, quarantine MVP, he might get it at this point. He well, all day yesterday.
2: To stay on brand for He's this topic, I'm going to unload on Jamal Murray being the quarantine MVP. I'm
1: loading it up. That he, is. He got his load off. So let's go. Oh. Wow.
2: Jesus Whoa. Christ. very quickly into the next one.
1: Jasmine, don't cut that out. Loader load or pa- unload. Patriots are still the favorites to win the AFC East. Obviously, Tom Brady is in Tampa Bay. I am unloading this. That team is going four and twelve, and are going to draft Trevor Lawrence next year.
2: I am four unloading this as well. We can't really tell right now because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We'll see what Belichick cooks up, but I think the Bills right now um, probably should be the favorites in the AFC East. But oddsmakers will keep the Patriots there because all the squares are going to keep betting on Belichick. Uh,
0: I'm going load, man. Load, really. <laughs> I'm going lower. The, the Patriots, bro they still they still have Bill Belichick, man. They still have Bill Belichick and the Dolph, um not the Dolphins. The Bills are still inexperienced to some degree. You're not you're not taking down Bill. Just just give a give them a, a respectable QB. Hoyer's not it. They're going to get somebody else. But uh, I, I can't give up on the Patriots yet.
1: I didn't know that Bill Belichick uh, could throw the football as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well Neither three. could Tom. All right. Neither could Tom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't disrespect the fucking goat like that. Jesus Christ.
2: He can't throw it downfield the way he used to, so he's well, accurate.
1: You're, no, you're about to see that he can when he has weapons. Good transition. Will Tom Brady l- lead the Bucks to the playoffs? Do remember there's an extra playoff team this year. Load or unload? I think it's an automatic load. Bucks will make the playoffs this year with Brady.
2: Yeah, I find it hard to believe that based on how stacked and the weapons that he has to work with for the first time in, like, a decade, like, there's there's no way that the, the Bucks can't win 10 to 11 games and get there. I don't know what their over-under is. It's probably going to be about nine and a half, ten. 10, but they're definitely good enough to get to the playoffs with what Brady has to throw or who he has to throw to, I should say. A million percent low of the Bucks being a playoff team in 2020. 20. Nope. Yeah, let's
1: see Can what not happens. On? Then, bro. Yeah, of course he's going to say no. Nope.
0: Nope, they not making the playoffs, bro. They'll, they'll come close. They'll come close. They'll battle it out, but like the NFC is still very good, and the Saints are still much better. Like I don't see how the Bucks been make a, it, but, but they, they always made the story.
1: playoffs last year. They always made the playoffs last year with Jameis throwing thirty interceptions, and there's an extra playoff team this year.
0: That's true, but okay, maybe I'll give them a, a better chance than 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 previously if you compare it to last year's standards. But like, hey. Brady's not people hyping up Brady like this man is like 2000 2007 Tom Brady like relax you're getting you're getting Michael Jordan on the Wizards that's what you're getting
1: hot take central over in the bunker and parts unknown with Zion all right so Zion thinks (laughs) the the Bucks won't make the playoffs but they have a a better shot me and Adam think they're in the playoffs Uh, let's get to some trivia you guys ready Let's roll. This is all baseball themed because sadly baseball was set to start this week, and we have Tim Anderson interview coming up. Tim Anderson on the pod. So this is all baseball trivia.
2: I'm ready to body this.
1: Yeah. First one. Who was the last player to lead the American League in homers in back to back seasons? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to say Travis Hafner. Shout you have the Travis. answer.
2: You have the answer in front of you, or no?
1: No, she is. She only sent me the questions. Jasmine, our lovely producer, only sent me the questions.
2: It's definitely not Travis' Hafner, I can tell you that right now. The last person went back to back. Edwin, on, I'm sorry, Edwin and Carnacion. Oh shit! I may want to amend it right now, real quick. But I already said I Edwin. It, and it. I think, I think we, we lost
1: Zion. So amend it if you want to. You got three seconds. The, the
2: other amendment is going to be Nelson Cruz.
1: Okay, you can't have two answers.
2: I know. I gave you two. Those are the two what, guys I would – Jasmine,
1: what's, what's the answer to the first one? Ty- type it out to me. Jose Batista.
2: Hmm, okay. I Batista came into my head as a potential candidate, and then I kind of did the reverse psychology. I was like, ah, maybe it was actually Edwin Encarnacion. But uh, that makes sense. I mean, Batista went off regularly for 45, 50 home runs like five, six, seven years ago. So. Yeah,
1: 2011 and 2010, 43 and 54. Right.
2: All right, next one.
1: Next one. Who was the last player with 150 or more RBIs in a season? Hmm.
2: You don't have the answer in front of you again, correct? I do not. No. I, say- I, I, I wanted a hint of whether it was in the AL or the NL. But That's I'm going to get saying. to the AL because the AL obviously is the more offensive league. Last player to hit 150 – I'm sorry, to knock in 150 runs in a season, which hasn't really been done. I mean, guys have been tapping at about 120 the last several seasons. Shit, who had a monster year? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say A-Rod. No, I don't think A-Rod. I mean, years and years and years ago, A-Rod approached that. This doesn't um, have a year
1: to I know. I
2: think it was a while ago because, again, guys aren't. I'm going to say uh, Miguel Cabrera.
1: Okay, here we go. Let's get the answer, Jasmine.
2: Alex Rodriguez. Oh, 156
1: in 2007.
2: Oh, his AL MVP year, yeah but Again, going back 13 years
1: I totally guessed and got it right, wow Good guess Who was the last player to win back-to-back NL MVP awards? I think I know
2: I'm going to say Barry Bonds I'm trying to think if this is a
1: It's either Bonds or Pujols, right?
2: yeah. It seems almost too obvious right now that it would be Bonds, but then again, this you're talking about almost 20 years ago and Pujols had his run in the, oh, shit. Hmm. I am going to agree with you on Pujols, but I think I'm wrong.
1: I said Bonds. Don't say that. I said Bonds. You said Bonds.
2: I would say Pujols.
1: Okay. What do we got, Jasmine? Drum roll. Albert Pujols.
2: Yep. oh809 See, I, oh, I should have went with that guess. Damn it. Yeah, because Bonds is like too long ago. So someone at some point had to piece together a couple great seasons to to snag it. So that makes sense. All
1: right, last one. So we've each gotten one right. So this is the, the breaker, essentially. Who had the most stolen bases from 2010 through 2019?
2: Is this player active?
1: I don't know. Jasmine probably wouldn't know either. I mean, 2010 through 2019, that tells me that he's probably still playing.
2: Uh debatable. Could have been in and out, could maybe be on the outskirts right now, maybe playing the minor leagues. Billy Hamilton's gonna be the name that comes to mind, but he didn't he only played he didn't play that much the last several years for the Royals. Hey, the Reds. Is
1: Ricky, is Ricky Henderson still playing? <laughs>
2: no, Ricky Henderson is not still playing. Um uh, the stolen base has been so decent decentivized, decentivized um, in baseball, no one really steals anymore. Christ, who would be the le- <sighs>
1: I'm going with I mean, Grady Sizemore. He hasn't played since 2007.
2: No, it's definitely, it's definitely not Grady Sizemore. I can tell you who the Yankees' leader in stolen bases has been for the past nine, ten years, but for that baseball? Or
1: is Brett Gardner the answer overall?
2: Brett Gardner would be the answer for the Yankees um, for all of baseball.
1: Actually, I'm going to say Brett Gardner. I'm saying Brett Gardner because he's the only person um, I can
2: think of. i got to pick an answer in ten seconds. Uh, racking my head, racking my head. Um, I, 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 can't even. All right, just, just give me the answer.
1: And you're gonna go
2: no name. I like it's gonna be some. It's gonna be some like random outfielder for the Rays or for the Royals. So right, I'm trying to complete blank right now.
1: Chapman, let's get it. D. Gordon. That's not that random actually.
2: Oh, all right. That kind of makes sense for Seattle and the, and the Marlins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right, that was this week's trivia. Obviously, baseball focused because this is the week the baseball was supposed to start, and because we have the batting champion, Tim Anderson from the Chicago White Sox, joining us on the podcast today. Adam, a really fun interview we got to do.
2: Yeah, cool of Tim to hop on And we were hoping that he would kind of lead us into the baseball season That was supposed to start on Thursday But alas, corona invaded And uh, we are all doing nothing for the next two goddamn months But shout out to the AL batting champ, Tim Anderson For a fun and introspective uh, conversation we had with him And he is undoubtedly, inarguably, not up for debate The king of bat flips And I'm very anxious for him to be bat flipping off every other team and pissing off pitchers left and right once the season starts again but shouts to Tim manager for coming on and uh, yeah fun conversation right Chops
1: yep let's get to it
2: one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes
1: nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt
2: until you tried it on same goes for your health care
1: What's going on, everybody? Load Management Podcast, brand new episode. I'm Chops here in New York City in my apartment because you know uh, work from home rules are uh, ongoing. We got Adam out in Los Angeles, Zion in New York City, and a very special guest, the reigning AL batting champion, Chicago White Sox, Tim Anderson. What's going on, man? How we doing? Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, So I think probably where we got to start is the NBA season has been suspended. It looks like the start of the MLB season is going to be delayed. The coronavirus is kind of like just, you know, stopping the sports world in general. Did you have a reaction when you saw like the NBA has stopped last night or like when you yeah. found out that the MLB might be getting delayed?
3: Yeah, man, that's crazy. You know, just, just to see how things are spreading. Um, but, man, we just got to take a day at a time and just really, you know, just be safe and uh, – you know, man, just clean up after ourselves and and, and, and watch ourselves, I guess. Um, but uh, you know, I guess we could just move accordingly, move moving forward. So really, much you can't really do about it.
1: Have they told you guys much about like what you guys need to do, like internally, or is it kind of just like a like hour by hour kind of update? Uh, it's kind of been like an hour by
3: hour update. Um, you know, it's really just one of those things. Like you know, you just take it a day at a time and and prepare, I guess, as it as it continue to come. You know, they kind of been keeping us aware of it. But, yeah, man, we just trying to, you know, been, been trying to move in the right ways and, uh, you know, trying to prevent those things. And, you know, like I said, just really, you know, watch ourselves and, and, and move safely.
2: Tim, have you given any thought to the idea of playing games in front of no fans? You know, we saw the NBA was about to do that with the, with the Warriors before they canceled the season. But what would it be like to play a regular season baseball game without any fans in the stadium if MLB, you know, decided to do that?
3: Uh, I think it'll be weird. Uh, you know, when you play, you really get your energy from the fans, uh, and, I'm, and really that's what you're doing it for. Uh, they come to watch. Um, but yeah, man, I think I think it'll be hard to kind of grab that energy if nobody's in the stadium and you're playing a, a baseball game. Because um, I think it's really, I think the fans really bring the energy.
1: Right. Like imagine hitting a home run and there's like just nobody there to catch it. Yeah, and <laughs> be quiet once you did. It. Right, like they had just no reactions at all to, to anything. Yeah, it just
3: happened, and we'll keep moving like nothing happened. But man, I think I think it's important to have those fans there. Um, you know, so when you do hit those home runs, that you can, you can, you can hear their energy, you can feel their energy, and uh, and they can help us build that momentum in, in our way. Um, so I think it's really, I think it's really all about the fans when it when it comes to situations like this.
2: And if you didn't have any fans in the stadium, how much trash talking would we hear from you guys on the field?
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you guys probably be able to hear us clear because I'm sure it would be silent. Uh, but we're not we're not too much trash talking. Uh, you know, we don't really do too much trash talking. Uh, we just go out and play, uh, just trying to dominate you. That way, you let our game do, do the talking, really.
1: Speaking of trash talking a little bit, something they did in spring training like ESPN did, they had guys mic'd up, and it really showed baseball players' personalities a little more do you think that that's something that can get guys more marketable or, you know, better opportunities, like kind of like just being able to show your personalities? Yeah, but uh, you're going to be having to show it more than that uh, than just being mic'd up, uh, I think, it's a start. But I think it's going to
3: have to be more to it to – to kind of you know build that marketing marketing stage the right way for baseball um i mean don't get me wrong that is a, a great tool uh to be mic'd up to show more personality but i think it's going to have to be more um from from other guys to get into it to really to really break down that marketing thing uh, but i think it's a great start uh, and i think it's great that you know they let you inside of what really going goes on um in those moments or uh, why are you in the box or or while you in the field? Um, I think it's a great tool that, that allow fans inside to see what, to see what's really going on and how we really, uh, really work and how we move in certain situations and what we're thinking in certain situations.
0: And for you, I mean, like you said, with marketing, like Mike Trout, like one of the best players of all time, pretty much right. not like, not really seen as like a celebrity type role. Like there's really no celebrities in the mob, So what do you think it'll take to, you know, get to that level?
3: Um, I think it's just really about doing, doing the work yourself and just really, you know, marketing yourself, going out and, and, and being hands on with those fans and, you know, just really, just really touching the people. I think um, that's how you can really build your fan base and just really, you know, being real and connecting with the fans and being realistic with them and showing that you're human and showing that you, you, you know, you, you struggle as well. Uh, we go through certain, same things that, you know, that regular people go through. There's nothing no different from us. You know, we just happen to be, you know, playing baseball at a high level. But, you know, I don't think people should look at us different because we all are human. Um, but it's all about making that connection and, and being real with the fans. I think that's a great way to, you know, connect with fans and build and, and with fans and also share your opinions on things and, and, and giving them words to, to kind of inspire and motivate them. Mm-hmm.
2: Tim, is there a frustration level, though, that you guys, people of your stature, that MLB should be doing more to get you guys out there and to have big you, you know, build your profile and make you guys a bigger deal?
3: I mean, you know, at some point, I think it, I think it is with certain guys. But as for myself, man, I just, you know, I just learned that I had to do it myself. Not a bad thing on my end, but I kind of knew what direction I wanted to be in. And I kind of knew what kind of crowd I wanted to, you know, gravitate towards and what kind of fans I was really, you know, leaning on and, and, and was trying to target. And, that, and that's really, you know, my goal is to really just connect with different people that really fit my character and my personality. And, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of music um, and just really connecting with those people that, that that's relatable to me and um, that give off the same energy as I do as well.
1: Yeah. You mentioned like doing it yourself like you have the YouTube channel. I know. And then you also said, yeah. you know, you're not you're not scared to share your opinion, which sometimes baseball is so like uh short sighted on stuff like the bat flips and everything like like the majority of the fans don't want to really branch out and like think about stuff like that. So how how have you really, you know, gone about like being able to break down those sort of barriers and being able to, you know, you know, just share your opinion and kind of that that kind of thing.
3: Just really, you know, not worrying about other people's opinion. Uh there's a, there's either two things that could really happen. Um you could either really like me or you could really don't. And um you know either one of those are fine. So it's just really you know, not really worrying about people's opinions and, 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 and moving in a way that makes you happy um, and being open to speaking, speaking on things. Uh, you know, we are human. Um, and so I just, you know, I, if it really touches me and I feel like I need to speak on it, then I will. And I will give my honest opinion about things. Um, and I just try to, you know, just try to stay even keel, man, and not really try to do too much or do too less Just just really stay within
1: myself and, uh, you know, stay in my own lane. So ha- haters are welcome to, to follow you as well. Not just the people who rock yeah, with you right.
3: Oh man, haters motivate me. I love I love haters. I love, you know, um uh, you know on Twitter man, I always like, you know, certain things that that's negative towards me. Um you know, and sometimes I will reply to certain things that are negative towards me. Uh, you know, cuz sometimes you can switch people's energy, and sometimes people really don't know you. They don't know your grind. They don't know they don't know what you're really about. They only go off the things that's on paper. And you know, and, and I know that nobody can outwork me. So it's kind of, you know, when you when you're in a stage like that and you feel undefeated, man, there's really nothing that could really stop you. Um, and nobody words could really bother me because it's not really honest or it's not really the truth. Um, so man, you know, you just really got to block out a lot of stuff, and also you got to use certain stuff for motivation. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of hate motivates me, and, and I really appreciate it because <laughs> it only makes me go harder. <laughs>
1: You're just you're just scrolling scrolling the timeline like the rest of us looking for uh, looking for hate.
3: Yeah, I'm not really looking for hate, but if it's there, you know, I'll, I'll share my opinion on it. Um, you know, man, we you know we athletes, man, we sit in the locker room. We ain't really got nothing to do. Um, <laughs> we got a lot of downtime, so of course, yeah, we scroll on Instagram and, and Twitter. We see everything. Um, we see everything that's being posted or being said. Um, but yeah, man, it's just all about how you react to certain things. Um, you know, you can never let nobody get to you. Don't ever let nobody think. Don't ever let nobody defeat you. Um, and just words, I mean, because it's, it's really just words, it's not the truth.
2: <laughs> all right, so Tim, how should you guys react when you first face the Astros? Do they get one, you know, on the side, one in the head? What's what's gonna what's what's the proper protocol for retaliation against the Astros when you guys finally play them?
3: Uh, I don't know. I guess we're just gonna take it up on, you know. Uh, how the vibes are that day, man. Ultimate <laughs> goal is to go out and win. Ultimate <laughs> goal is to go out and win, beat them fair and square. Uh, you know, man. I'm not really, you know, trying to keep continuing to drag on the negative things. Uh, we all know what what happened and and, and what's, what what was going on. So it's it was no secret. But you know, we're just going to continue to move forward. Um, and we're gonna play them like any other team. Uh, and any the other team, I mean, we're really trying to go out and beat them. So, it's going to be the same goal uh, and I really think about what really went on or, or what they really did. Um, you know, like I said, they're humans. We are humans, man. We make mistakes. You know, I spoke on the fact that I said, you know, don't suspend them because if you do, then we want to have everybody to play. So, uh, just let them continue to do what they're doing. We know, know they make mistakes and they have to deal with it. Um, and that's okay. But, yeah, man, we just continue to move on. And, uh, you know, it's all, about, it's all about what's going on on the south side uh, for us. Um, we control what we control, and uh, we just going out really, you know, trying to dominate the next team no matter who it is.
1: You got to admit, the memes were kind of funny. There was a lot of good memes about it, though. <laughs> yeah, there was. We can all laugh about that. It created some A-plus internet content for about yeah. four weeks on the
2: timeline
3: want to see man it, it sometimes it's good to have a good laugh man now that we got a point we had a point now we can laugh about it uh you know you see the trash cans you see the signs that you know kids wearing the trash cans the kids have the trash cans now it's all fun it's all fun and we can laugh about those things um, so yeah man, I think I think we're in a good spot right now though. We just gotta continue to move forward and and, and forget that and uh, you know, not let the Astros spoil our season with what they did. Because uh, at the end of the day it's all about us on the south side and we're gonna continue to move and uh in a positive way. Uh we're gonna keep pushing one another another. And uh, you know, man, we're gonna rattle around each other. We know what the ultimate goal is. is. The ultimate goal is to win championship and uh I think we're in the right mind frame to, you know, continue to work towards that.
0: And, and earlier you mentioned um, music, obviously. I run our sports page, so, like, I'm, I'm the one that follows you a lot. And I've seen, obviously, the the, the mixes, the Quavo to Little TJ, all that. Obviously, yeah. we know that's, that's not baseball culture. You know, the NBA has the culture. The NFL yeah. has the culture. So, like, how are you trying to change that, be the one, like, to change, like, the MLB being, like, outside of the culture?
3: Yeah, man, I, I, I listen to a lot of music. So a lot of music is relatable. Uh, it just so happened to be that type of music. Um, so man, what I really do is, you know, I throw a lot of a lot of different music on top of highlights, you know, just to show kids that it's cool to play baseball. Um, you know, we on the south side, um, a lot of black kids don't really watch baseball. So how can you how can you get their attention? Um, you can put some of that favorite music on highlights uh, um, to make them watch. Uh, so it's just really about you know which angles you go at to to, to try to. You know grab the kids eyes or grab your fans eyes and i feel like music is, is the best way to do it man you know Um uh, it's a lot of i mean people music makes the world go around really so and if it's your favorite music you're gonna listen uh regardless of what you're watching so you so it's really um it's just really a chance for me to always you know um uh, put baseball in in front of kids faces i guess you could say um with certain music <laughs>
0: For sure. And, and like you said, like a lot of black kids, that, that's something that could attract them. Me, obviously, being a, a black baseball fan growing up.
1: A, well, I, a Yankees fan, by the way. Let's just put that yeah, out there.
0: Yeah, Yankees fan. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> obviously, there's not there's a lack of black kids or black kids growing up and being invested in baseball. And um, for you, like, what do you think, like, needs to happen for – black kids to start caring about baseball because obviously it's, it just hasn't been working the past couple of years
3: well first you got to have somebody that's, that's willing to, to to go out and be that example um to show them and you know I feel like I'm I've been stepping in that road to be that example to show kids that baseball is cool and uh you can have fun on the diamond no matter what um you just can't get caught up in what we think the rules are, but for the most part, man, I think it's just really going out and playing your game and being yourself, being authentic, being real, uh, bringing your real energy, and just being yourself. I think you being yourself is gonna be the uh, the best way to, you know, go out and just make things happen uh, and not thinking about them. Uh, you gonna it's gonna be the best you. Um, but yeah, man, you just gotta keep pushing and stay motivated uh, and, and and block out all that noise, man. Um, I think the kids are going to get into it. It's coming. It's coming. We just got to continue to do a lot of exciting things and, uh, you know, not try to be, not let them program us as robots, uh, but show a little personality on the field when you make those plays and when you hit those home runs, uh, you know, share some of that energy, you know, spread it.
0: (laughs) I feel that. And I mean, I do feel like a a problem is kind of like the fan base. If like, we're being real about it, you keep it 100. Like, we go to, like, Fenway Park, you know, obviously I heard from, like, CeCe and Adam Jones that, like, like there'll be Fenway Park fans calling calling you the N-word. Like, is that something, that you, like, you experienced, and, like, how do you kind of ignore that, I would say?
3: I haven't experienced it, but, I mean, you know, we know it happened. Um, we know we all, you know. I mean, people going to say what they want to say, oh, regardless. Oh, we can't really control <clears throat> nobody's mouth, but I think it's about how you react. Uh, if you let those words get to you, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I would hate to be called the N word, but um, you know, it's all about how you're gonna react. You're gonna be the bigger person, or you're gonna, or you gonna go, or you gonna go and try to uh, have a dog fight. Uh, we're gonna be the bigger person. We're gonna keep moving. Uh, I hear you though, um, but I won't let you knock me off my pivot. I will continue to move forward and keep pushing. Uh, so I think it's just all about how you handle those words, man, and, and really, you know, not get distracted. I get distracted. You know, a lot of people always are trying to distract people with just words. Um, and I really, you know, that's really what the internet is. A lot of people just trying to distract you, man. But you got to stay focused. You got to stay focused. If you get the ultimate goal, you just got to continue to work towards it.
2: Tim, you talk about wanting to have fun on the diamond. Um, and one of the ways that you always have fun, or at least especially last year, were with those epic bat flips. So are we going to see yeah. more emphatic, ridiculous, over-the-top bat flips from you this year? And who, if not you, is the best bat flipper in baseball?
3: Uh, I'm the best bat flipper. Uh, the best <laughs> there, winner, there we guy. go. <laughs> but uh, no, man, it's just one of those those things, man. We in the moment. Uh, you know, I didn't know I was gonna do that. Uh, but man, we in the big league, man. You know, not many people. Um, you know, make it to the big leagues, and not many people get hit home runs in the big league. Uh, so when that happened, man, I was just enjoying the moment, man. You think about all the things that you've would been through to get to this point. Um, you know. All the hard moments, all the tough moments, all the practices, the long practices, uh, you know, those are moments that people that nobody really see. So they don't really know. They don't really feel the energy. Uh, They don't they don't really feel the energy from from where I'm coming from. So but that's okay. But yeah, man, it was a happy moment for me. I really enjoyed that moment and I'm going to continue to enjoy every moment, you know, well, I mean, because not everybody get to. you know, not everybody get to do that. So I think it's all about living life to the fullest, man, and enjoying every moment of life. Man, life life is great. Um, and we go through uh, a lot of stuff to get to where we are. So uh, I don't
1: see anything wrong with enjoying it. Anybody who is anti bat flip is incredibly lame. Like they should not be oh, yeah, a- haters. <laughs> just incredibly lame. There is nothing like like old baseball fans. What well, I don't understand why they're so against bat flips. Like, how does a bat flip hurt you? It's fun. It's so much fun.
3: Yeah, it's fun man, but you know people used to play in the game mute. <laughs> Just sitting there watching it. Uh but you know, man, that's everything ain't for everybody. Um I know I know how to get myself to my best ability and that's having fun and uh, you know, focusing and enjoying every moment of life. And uh I think that's what I'm gonna continue to do. Because uh, at the end of the day I'm only trying to make myself happy, not everybody. <laughs>
1: Right. Uh, You and Cece, when you were on his pod, made quite a stir with the Field of Dreams take. And I just want to say I agree with you. You said you never saw it, but the movie isn't very good, for one thing. It's very overrated. It's not a classic. I think Adam disagrees with me
2: but I would I would say this it's a good baseball movie you could maybe maybe say it's a classic baseball movie I mean you can pick it apart as a movie in general but if you don't have it in your top 5 of baseball movies I think that's kind of ridiculous It's
1: so incredibly boring
2: It's not the best but I think that I think that it deserves to be in the top 5 of all-time baseball movies Cap
1: I mean well it has
3: to be boring I mean if you know if we've been talking about me going to the playing in the field of dreams for over a year and I still haven't watched the movie and i mean it has to be bored <laughs> <laughs>
0: do,
1: do you have do you have a favorite baseball movie mine's major league but i'm from cleveland so i'm a little biased
3: yeah i like uh, 42 and i like sandlot uh, okay i'm um, not really, really a a big baseball movie guy um i just like to watch you know more realistic stuff but if we were talking baseball then obviously you know 42 and and Sandlot and Angelman in outfield is a good
2: one as well. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: There, there we, we go. go. We're good. There, there we go. Classic. All right. Yes. But we can all agree, except for Adam that field of dreams is
2: no 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 no! It, don't don't put words in my trashed. mouth major league major league is the best baseball movie of all time i will give you that 100 percent. i all think right. sand lab will slide number two and after that you can debate but i don't i don't understand the hate for field of dreams it coming from everyone it isn't me it's me so it's, all right fine i said it's top five but it doesn't have to be number one or two but major so, league is by so, far the best baseball movie of all time
3: i don't think it's i don't think it's really a lot of hate i just say that it isn't just not an important movement to a movie to certain people, Um or a, a movie that a lot of people feel.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like we we talk about the new generation of baseball fans. Yeah. How many of them really want to go to the Field of Dreams right now? Right? Or, uh, or- not
3: attractive. That's not kind of like attracting us. Um, You know, we just playing baseball and corn, man. Come on, man. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, it's but it's cool to certain people. Don't get me wrong. Old uh, people, yes. not cool to me.
2: Wait, do we know if they're putting yeah. up actual outfield walls or it's yeah. going to be a wall of corn?
1: A lot of people are excited for it. Is, it. is it a wall of corn or actual walls? Uh, I really don't know. <laughs> Either way is bad. Either way is mean,
2: Yeah, if they want to be authentic, yeah. it's got to be way, a wall of corn.
3: I'm going to be there. I'm going to be ready to compete. It don't matter what <laughs> field we are playing in, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm, always, I'm always ready, so... If that's, if that's how they don't want to the roll, then I'm, I'm I'm all in. If my teammates ready to compete, I'm I'm definitely ready.
1: <laughs> are, you, are you guys ready to shift the Chicago baseball narrative this year? Because it's been pretty Cubs dominated the past couple of years.
3: Yeah, man, we're ready. We're ready. Uh, you know, we got the pieces, man. Everybody excited. Um, you know, we look good on paper. Um, now it's time to go out and do it, man, and, and not really worry about, you know, noise or, or what everybody else saying. We just got to take it a day at a time continue to push one another and keep moving in that positive way, man. And, um, I think having fun and being ourselves. And I think, you know, everything else will will, will take care of itself.
1: Did did you have a little laugh when the White Sox were, you know, very aggressive in free agency adding guys and the Cubs were like crying poor saying that they couldn't afford to, you know, they had to like get cut salary, all that kind of thing.
3: I mean, you know, everybody had their time, you know, everybody had their time. They had their time. So, uh, I think it's time to shift shift it a little bit, you know. You gotta share a little bit. You gotta share the city a little bit. Uh, I feel like our time is up next now, so uh, we just gotta continue to move, man. And uh, it's gonna be a lot of haters. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of a lot of negative things like said, but uh, we just gotta continue to be ourselves, man. You know, continue to push. Don't really worry about you know the rest of that the rest of that stuff that's going on. Just play baseball the way we know how.
0: And I'm and I'm rooting for y'all. You know, I'm rooting for y'all to get to the ALCS, and then y'all gonna get swept by the Yankees. But you know, I expect a I expect a good year from y'all. Yeah, man. You know,
3: everybody got opinions. <laughs> everybody got opinions, man. I, I don't mean that's true. You know.
0: <laughs> hey, just know that the field of dreams is gonna be a sweet. It's it's go it's gonna yeah. be a sweet. Yeah.
3: I'm just saying that, like I said, everybody got opinions. I don't mean that's what it is. <laughs>
2: <That's the thing. laughs> Tim, have you decided what the walk up song is going to be this year?
3: No, man, but Little Baby just dropped some hot, some hot stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling some off his album, you know. So uh, I'm def- I definitely been listening to it. Yeah so it's definitely probably going to be some off Little Baby. That my turn album lit. Okay, okay. No Uzi. Yeah, I like Uzi. I definitely gotta to listen to some more, some more of his album. I haven't really finished it yet, but I definitely heard like a couple of songs. But man, that 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 baby, man, baby album just been, just been in my speakers all all day, every
0: day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. All right, we have, Tim, we appreciate you. You know, calling in with us, talk some shit with us. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here?
3: Little, yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on, man, I'm dope.
1: Can we get a record pre- uh, prediction from you or no?
3: Uh, no, man, I don't like to get too much, man. We just wanted to see what happened. We going to see what happened. Um, it's going to be fun, though.
1: All right, there we go. Uh, Tim Anderson, thank you so much for joining us, Load Management Podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Tim Anderson, thank you for joining us. Great conversation. It was great having Tim on. AL batting champ. Uh, we can't wait for the baseball season to start, you know, just like Tim had said. Uh, We appreciate you guys for tuning in each and every week, especially during these trying times when the world is so fucking crazy. We're going to have a lot more content. We're not going anywhere. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Until next time, from myself, Adam, you know, we'll see you later. Of course, special shout out to our producers, Alejandro De Jesus and Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Craig Clayton and Josh Dodd. Mixing done by Jasmine Plata. Director of video operations, Jen Stewart. Load Management is a production of the Complex Podcast
2: Network. Never forget that the Load Management Podcast is the number one sports podcast for your listening pleasure.
1: Even on a budget?